Welcome to episode 588 of the 1010 Thrive Podcast, brought to you by 1010 Thrive Ministries. I'm Peter Anderson. 1010 Thrive, 10 minutes a day based on 10 guidelines for abundant living. For the past few weeks, we've explored spiritual insights and lessons from Black history in recognition of Black History Month in the United States. Although not always celebrated in the same month, other countries like Canada, the United Kingdom, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Germany also recognize the challenges and achievements of people of African descent throughout history. Only in Christ can racial reconciliation be found. Ephesians 2 verse 14, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. That same Jesus has broken down the wall of hostility between blacks and whites, between slaves and free, between Serbs and Croats, between Hutu and Tutsi, between the Burmese and Rohingya, between any groups that may be estranged. In his high priestly prayer in John 17, Jesus says this in verse 21, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Our struggles may be different. Our stories may be different. Our physical characteristics may be different. But we can all be one just the same in Christ. Now we begin a new series called Perspectives on Easter. Our focus will be mostly on the people who play both major and minor roles in the Easter story. Most days we will hear first-person accounts from those who were involved in the final days of Jesus' life and who witnessed his resurrection. On other days, we will explore some of the history of traditions related to Easter or some of the relevant places, practices, or artifacts. Today on this Wednesday, there are Christians around the world who celebrate Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. Its official name is Day of Ashes, so-called because of the practice of rubbing ashes on one's forehead in the sign of a cross. Since it is exactly 40 days, excluding Sundays, before Easter Sunday, it will always fall on a Wednesday. Therefore, they cannot be an Ash Thursday or Ash Monday. The Bible never mentions Ash Wednesday. For that matter, it never mentions Lent. Lent is intended to be a time of self-denial, moderation, fasting, and the forsaking of sinful activities and habits. Ash Wednesday commences this period of spiritual discipline. Ash Wednesday and Lent are observed by most Catholics and some Protestant denominations. The Eastern Orthodox Church does not observe Ash Wednesday. Instead, they start Lent on Clean Monday, also known as Pure Monday, the sixth Monday before Palm Sunday. While the Bible does not mention Ash Wednesday, it does record accounts of people in the Old Testament using dust and ashes as symbols of repentance and or mourning. Sackcloth and ashes were used in Old Testament times as a symbol of debasement, mourning, and or repentance. Someone wanting to show his repentant heart would often wear sackcloth, sit in ashes, and put ashes on top of his head. Sackcloth was a coarse material, usually made of black goat's hair, making it quite uncomfortable to wear. The ashes signified desolation and ruin. When someone died, the act of putting on sackcloth showed heartfelt sorrow for the loss of that person. We see an example of this when David mourned the death of Abner, the commander of Saul's army. Jacob also demonstrated his grief by wearing sackcloth when he thought his son Joseph had been killed. 
These instances of mourning for the dead mention sackcloth, but not ashes. Ashes accompanied sackcloth in times of national disaster or repenting from sin. Esther 4 verse 1, for instance, describes Mordecai, the queen's cousin, tearing his clothes, putting on sackcloth and ashes, and walking out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. This was Mordecai's reaction to King Xerxes' declaration giving the wicked Haman authority to destroy the Jews. Mordecai was not the only one grieved. Says that in every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Jews responded to the devastating news concerning their possible extinction with sackcloth and ashes, showing their intense grief and distress. Sackcloth and ashes were also used as a public sign of repentance and humility before God. When Jonah declared to the people of Nineveh that God was going to destroy them for their wickedness, everyone from the king on down responded with repentance, fasting, and sackcloth and ashes. They even put sackcloth on their animals. Their reasoning was, who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. This is interesting because the Bible never says that Jonah's message included any mention of God's mercy. But mercy is what they received. It's clear that the Ninevites' donning of sackcloth and ashes was not a meaningless show. God saw genuine change, a humble change of heart represented by the sackcloth and ashes, and it caused him to relent and not bring about his plan to destroy them. Very simply, sackcloth and ashes were used as an outward sign of one's inward condition. Such a symbol made one's change of heart visible and demonstrated the sincerity of one's grief and or repentance. It was not the act of putting on sackcloth and ashes itself that moved God to intervene, but the humility that such an action demonstrated. God's forgiveness in response to genuine repentance is celebrated by David's words in Psalm 30 verse 11, You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. So we understand the significance of ashes, dust, or sackcloth, all representative of a repentant heart. The modern tradition of rubbing a cross on a person's forehead supposedly identifies that person with Jesus Christ. Should a Christian observe Ash Wednesday? Since the Bible nowhere explicitly commands or condemns such a practice, Christians are at liberty to prayerfully decide whether or not to observe. If a Christian decides to observe Ash Wednesday and or Lent, it is important to have a biblical perspective. Jesus warned us against making a show of our fasting. Matthew 6 verses 16 to 18, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, 
put oil on your head, and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. We must not allow spiritual discipline to become spiritual pride. It is a good thing to repent of sinful activities, but that's something Christians should do every day, not just during Lent. It's a good thing to clearly identify oneself as a Christian, but again, that should be an everyday identification. And it is good to remember that no ritual can make one's heart right with God. A few days ago, I heard someone say, I need to get my fill of junk food today because Lent is coming and I won't be eating any of that stuff then. Note that there is nothing magical about Lent. If one is convinced that something is wrong for you, abstain now. Don't wait for a special 40-day period to do something about it. Father, convict us of sin and impress upon us the desire for true and genuine repentance, not just at this time of the year, but throughout the year. That's our episode. Remember that God calls you not only to live, but to thrive. Live life to the full today.